Hey, it's Lisa Kustova with the Star Guided Entrepreneur. In today's episode, I want to introduce a radical new idea to you. And I'm choosing the word radical specifically, and you'll see why shortly. What if I were to tell you that the unexpected changes, the crisis in your life, the urge to reinvent yourself, to break out of some limitations, to completely overhaul your life is actually programmed in you from birth. What if I were to tell you that? And that is what I've come to experience through working with a lot of people through their birth charts, through the tool of astrology. And I want to explain how that impacts you. So in astrology, we take a look at the movement of the planet around the sun compared to their position at the time of your birth. And just to cut the long story short, this is nothing to do with predicting whether you will get hit by a car, whether tomorrow you're going to win the lottery or any other predictive events. I firmly believe that we cannot see that. There is a large component missing from predictions to make them accurate, and that is your own free will and your choice to live your your life the way that you please. What we can take a look at, however, is certain pressures. Think of it as monitoring a pressure cooker that's on a burner. And as time goes on, we know that all about half an hour into the cooking that the pressure valve is going to start releasing. And I'm thinking of a pot that my mom had back in Europe when I was growing up and it literally swirled around as the pressure built and it started whistling. So we know roughly when the pot will start whistling based on the temperature of its cooking, based on how much water we put in there, and we can predict roughly when the whistle will happen. The same thing happens for humans in our birth charts, we can take a look at when we'll have that urge or pressure to change or do something completely different, dramatic. When will we have that itch? And by looking at the movement of a specific planet called Uranus, Uranus is a very interesting planet because it is the symbol of everything that's radical, that's different, that's independent. It symbolizes freedom, genius, radical, new leaps and bounds. It's called the God of Thunder and Lightning Bolts. And where that comes to play specifically for you as a professional person going through your life in a systematic way, building your career, following all the steps, expecting that kind of linear graph that all business school students laugh about and venture capitalists love. But instead, what you get is the zigzaggy path up through your life. And the fulcrum point or that breaking point at the zig and the zag is what we call kind of what I call points of reinvention or crises or changes. And what we can see through the birth chart is when those points roughly are going to happen for you. And we cannot really tell, I cannot tell how that's going to manifest in your life. It depends how much attachment you have to your life, to your safety and security, and how much resistance you put up. So it's really impossible to say whether you will heed the whisper of the universe or you will need a three by four to come and hit you over the head to follow that impulse. But one thing is for sure, there is a certain cycle relative to the time of birth that occurs, roughly speaking, between your late 30s, 38, 39, and your mid 40s, so 44 or so. Within that window of time, you experience what astrologers call the Uranus opposition. 
what that means is the planet whose orbit around the sun is roughly 82 years. It's elliptical, so it's not completely round. So there's some variation depending on when you were born, but it will take it about 40, 40 odd years to come to the opposite end of its orbit, directly opposite its place in the solar system at the time of your birth. Now, Uranus is a very interesting body in the sky. I love it because it symbolizes so much the energy that it carries. First of all, you have to know that most planets in the solar system, all of them except for Uranus, spin around their own axis in a kind of vertical sort of way, like so. Uranus was at some point hit by a meteor or some sort of really large object that popped it on its side. And so right now it's spinning lopsided. It spins horizontally around its own axis. And that is so beautiful. I find that such a beautiful representation of what the planet stands for. That is like being different, standing out from the crowd, being independent, wanting freedom, not wanting to be following the norm, rebelling, being that visionary, that genius that is ahead of their time. That is all that Uranus represents as an archetype. It's also important to understand that when planets are discovered and named by humanity, that period of time that is associated with their discovery, oftentimes, well, in all the cases, it has represented the essence of the energy of what the planet represents. So for Uranus, that period of discovery coincided with the timing of the American and the French revolutions in the world. And so it was a time when obviously things happened unexpectedly, when old order was disrupted, when there were a lot of revolutions and rebellions, things changed and were disrupted very suddenly. So there's a sudden quality to Uranus. Think of it as like an earthquake or a sudden shock. There's also the aspect of it being forward thinking, thinking about the future, visionary, and also the planet is associated with the sign of Aquarius. And there's some very famous genius Aquarians out there, such as Albert Einstein. So you're getting a picture now what that planet represents in our consciousness. And so there are points in our lives relative to the time of our birth that happen on a time clock for all of us. And there are also points that happen for us individually. And that really can only be seen if we take a look at your birth chart and we take a look at what Uranus is doing right now. There could be times when Uranus is really, really showing up in a big way in your birth chart as it moves in the sky, and we can see something major will happen at that time. And we don't know what it will be, but we can at least prepare for there to be some major change in your life. And ideally, these are great opportunities for making big, dramatic, bold shifts in your life. Anytime that you have that desire, if you're getting an urge or if you're getting bored with your career, if you're getting to the place that I was getting in my late thirties in my career where, you know, I wasn't growing as much. I wasn't experiencing as much satisfaction. And I had that urge of, of like, Something's got to give, but I'm just too afraid to jump right now. I'm afraid to change it. It was safe and secure. I just finished reading the book by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. And in it, he talks about how most of us, very ambitious, driven people optimize for our zone of competency and our zone of excellence. And it's really scary and very difficult for us. We have a lot of resistance to jumping and taking a risk and going to a zone of genius. 
And so when that was happening for me, I was not going anywhere. It's like being, I don't know if you've ever taken a dive off a high board into a pool or into a body of water. What happens often is you creep up to that edge (laughs) and then you really freeze up. Your body, everything is telling you, this is dangerous, do not jump. You don't know what's going to happen. There's danger ahead, unknown, lights flashing, and you are in that state of kind of shock or in a state of not being able to move, not being able to take the jump. And oftentimes what you need at that point is something external, a little prompt, a little push, somebody giving you a shove from the back, somebody like in the case of me and my partner, when we did the Canyon Swing, which is the highest vertical drop bungee jump experience in New Zealand, when we did that, we literally needed somebody to swing us over the (laughs) canyon. Otherwise, you're just so paralyzed, you won't be able to jump yourself. And in fact, that's the reason why in that specific experience, their scariest way to go down was the one where they put a rope, like a very thick rope that you can hold on to with your hands. You're already rigged up, you're already secured. So the moment you let go, you're going to drop for three seconds and then you're going to swing over the canyon and then they're going to pull you back out. But as you're hanging there, holding on with your hands to that thick rope, literally the time that you let go is when you drop. And that is considered the scariest way to go, even scarier than like somebody tipping you backwards in a chair, somebody giving you a little tricycle to ride down. There's various ways to take that jump, but the scariest by far, they say, is the one where you're holding onto the rope yourself. And then at some point you exhaust yourself and you can't hold any longer and you just have to let go and drop. And that is how we feel, how that is how I felt when I was reaching that stage in my career where I was exhausting my zone of excellence. I definitely had plenty of comfort in my zone of competence, but I couldn't make that change until something external happened. And that something external for me was the wake-up call that my partner got and I, by extension, when he was hospitalized with a very life-threatening condition of having blood clots in his lungs. And it was a real wake-up call to what we're doing with our lives, with our careers. And that really set us off on the path to hiking and spending a lot of time in nature, then onto the path of learning mountaineering and starting to climb mountains. So with that in mind, what I want to bring you back to is that concept of that urge to jump, as Guy Hendricks calls it in his book, The Big Leap, that burden of unfulfillment at some point is going to reach that boiling point where your kettle or your high pressure cooker is going to start to whistle. Now, when it starts to whistle, that's your first warning sign. That's when you can proactively take action. That's when you are supported at that time in your life by events and circumstances and serendipity to take action that takes you out of that place. That would be if you had the courage to, as we say, holding on to that rope over the canyon, if you had the courage to let go before your muscles are completely exhausted. And few of us do that because it's not natural to us as human beings to take a leap without knowing what's going to happen on the other side. And so oftentimes we unconsciously, I believe, engineer some help (laughs) to let us let go, to help us take that plunge, take that leap. It may feel like something happened to us. Like in my case, I was not satisfied in my job, but I was doing it. 
I knew the company was not growing. I knew kind of we had flatlined. And what I was not aware of at the time is that they were facing some imminent layoffs. And when I had that wake up call, my partner was hospitalized and I said, I want a sabbatical. I want to go away for a few months. It was very easy for them to negotiate with me to buy me out of my position and to give me a very generous severance package so that they wouldn't have to do layoffs. It was very convenient. And so that was a gift to me. And I am not surprised if I had somehow subconsciously um, engineered that. That happens all the time when you hear somebody say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me down the line from an event that was originally jarring, originally uncomfortable, originally meant losing something that represented safety, security for you. But at the end of the day, I cannot imagine not having the last couple of years of my life where I literally traveled more, experienced more, I hiked more, I climbed more. I enjoy life. I enjoyed my stepdaughter. I spent a lot of time just being in this creative zone. I stepped into my zone of genius and I started creating. All of the choices were supported by the universe. Things aligned, you know, when I needed clients, I got them. When I needed good weather, I got the weather window to climb my mountains. Everything just seemed to be lining up, boom, 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 because I had decided to step on my true path, the path of the zone of genius. And in my language and my methodology, when I work with professional women who are at that point, they've either taken the leap, but then are not finding what they should be selling, something's not working, they're following some paths of tactics and strategy about how they should be selling their things. They're building online shows, or maybe they're doing a podcast, maybe they're doing a membership site without first being very, very clear what their zone of genius is and how it fits in with what they have to offer. And more importantly, who they're serving who they're uniquely positioned to serve, and what is the language that that customer speaks in terms of their needs, their desires, their fears, their aspirations, and being able to package a product or package a solution that positions them as the expert to serve that customer segment and then elevates them as the first or the leader in that segment of the market. The beautiful part about the market these days is that there's, you know, and I'll make a separate podcast episode for that, but there are developments that are taking place that are lowering the barrier to entry for the coaching, consulting, information, product space to pretty much zero. You can work from anywhere. All you need is a laptop, some internet connection, and you can put your knowledge out there. You can design solutions. You can design coaching programs that uniquely fit your strengths, your experience, what you have to offer, your zone of genius, your heart's desire, and you can put that out there. But because the barrier of entry is so low, what ends up happening is that a lot of people are entering the marketplace and they're just following somebody's steps in terms of their proven tactics. So a lot of people are entering, doing online shows, doing membership sites, all kinds of other tactics that have worked before. And those tactics are great. But when you're speaking, imagine like you're in a big, big stadium and then it's full of thousands of people who are all talking at the same time. If you're just entering that big stadium and talking, you're not going to be heard. You're probably going to be heard maybe by like one or two people around you. They may not be interested in what you're saying. 
But if you want to be heard by the people who are truly going to be interested in what you have to offer, you have to kind of go out of the stadium. You have to maybe enter a closed off section, perhaps like one of those VIP booths that is sound insulated and is in a section of the stadium that only a certain group of people hang out in. And maybe that room has only about 20 people in it, but it's quiet and you're the only one there presenting a solution to them and they happen to be interested in what you have to offer. So in that case, you are finding your 20 or your 30 or your 40 or your 50 people in this huge stadium. But if you just go out there and you know, you're being told, okay, just go do an online show. That means go to that crowded section of the stadium and stand there and just do what everybody else is doing or go do a membership site without knowing what you're selling. Go over in that section of the stadium, do that. So that doesn't work. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people are doing. A lot of women who are very experienced coming out of the corporate world, being just amazing at what they do, but not understanding what makes them great and not really taking the time to understand what their zone of genius is and then aligning their offers, aligning their programs to that zone of genius. And more importantly, finding their unique clients and learning the language of those unique clients. Once that's in place, you can use any tactic, any funnel out there to go out and put your business out there. But again, the most important thing is the what you're selling, not the how you're selling it. Without the what, which is a direct extension of the who, both of your who and your customer's who, there's no, there's no business, there's no sales, there's no success. And in my methodology, I term this kind of sweet spot that Guy Hendricks calls the zone of genius. I call it the star zone. And I'm working still with the name of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts, by the way. I'm working with the name of it because I am looking at the unique overlap that's your zone of genius or your sweet spot. And it's composed on one side, if you imagine the circle that says skills and strengths. These are all your experiences, your expertise, what you're objectively good at, how you produce results, what have you mastered. Then another circle overlapping that that's called truth. And that is your truth. That is all the things that... You You may have been covering up in terms of your soul's calling, your soul's desire, your passions, things that really light you up. And honestly, I found the best way to take a look at mine or at least stop pretending that I'm not noticing them or actually validate what my soul's desire is, is through the tool of looking at the birth chart and looking at what the blueprint of the soul was at the time of the birth but also seeing how that ages and evolves and what are some of those pressures looking at when the different pots are going to start whistling and being able to recognize that early. So we're not torturing ourselves. We're not waiting for the three by four. We're not waiting for the big, ugly, scary thing that's going to happen to us we can take proactive action and we can actually go and use that energy for ourselves to take us to that next level or heed our soul's calling. So that's the second circle. That's truth. So the first one, skills and strengths. The second circle is your truth, your soul's truth. The third circle is the audience and the audience that is experiencing pain for some solution to a problem that they're having has high degree of awareness of that problem, but maybe not able to articulate that problem as well. Maybe not understanding what that problem is costing them, maybe not knowing where to look for a solution. And through your understanding and your deep level of curiosity and going after a market like that, you can position yourself really easily to be the one who understands the problem really well, understands things that they're thinking in their head really well, and is able to speak the same language, which is really, really critical for business success, being able to use the language of your customer, not your own words and not the language that, you know, you're conceptualizing in your mind about your products and your services. 
So we have the three squares. We have skills and strengths. We have truth. And we have the third circle, which is the audience. And so combining all of these three gives you that sweet spot of your unique niche, of your unique zone of genius, of your sweet spot, of your expertise. And I'm calling that either rewards or result. That's the result that you get. Those are the rewards that you reap. So the acronym that is built by that instruction is STAR, Skills, Truth, Audience, Results. And that is my methodology, what I teach, what I'm basing my program on for getting businesses off the ground or professional women who come out of corporate or are still in corporate, but want to have that, that business going to where they are establishing themselves as an expert in the field and where they're starting to earn money and start working for themselves and make sales. It's all about putting your stuff there and it's all about it being in demand, being used. There's no reason to convince anybody that they should be buying your product. It is not only a function of your leadership as a person, whether somebody buys or not. It is also how you're able to think from their perspective and position it in such a way that they truly feel that they're getting amazing value, amazing solution to something they're truly experiencing. There's no, you know, you don't have to be pushy or salesy. I found the times where I've converted clients to pay me high fees have been the times where I've taken the time to understand them really, really well, to delve deep. And that's part of what I'm teaching as well, that methodology as part of the STAR model. So what can you do and how can you think about the time of your life, whether you're still working that extremely you know, prestigious gig in your company or whether you are kind of already looking for ways out or you, <laughs> you're already off the rope by your own volition or you know, external help, but you're not getting traction yet in the entrepreneurial world. What can you do and how can you use the energy of Uranus, the energy of that cycle of reinvention to your advantage? I think there are a couple of ways. First of all, you can find out and, you know, I'm happy to help. You can also, if you know a little bit of astrology, look, you can look some of these things up yourself by figuring out what your birth chart is, what position of the planet is at the time of your birth, and then whether it's doing something significant right now. It's an early degree Taurus as we speak in early 2020. If you know a little bit of astrology, you can probably figure out what some of those critical junctures in your life are in terms of periods. And you can also get hints about which areas of your life they're going to impact the most. What you want to be able to find out is how it's all going to play out. And that's where you can take your CEO hat on. You're very smart. You're very ambitious. You're very driven. You've done things that, you know, you've worked hard for your success. So you can take that CEO hat now and apply it to yourself and start asking yourself questions like, what am I pretending not to know? Or what am I pretending not to to notice right now. Like if you have some sort of dissatisfaction and fulfillment urge, really stop and reflect in a journal or on a note. Like what am I exactly not satisfied with? What am I bored with? What is what this what feels stale? What feels old? What feels like, you know, it has already done its job. And really reflect on that. That is the first step is acknowledging the fact that you're feeling restless, you're feeling unsatisfied, there's something more for you, you just don't know what that is. But truly, truly, the first step is acknowledging that feeling and really understanding that these things happen, these things are programmed in us from birth, these things will show up. So stop beating yourself up, you're not doing anything wrong, you're not, you know, being 
crazy for wanting to break out of the social programming you've been so good at following up until now. These things are programmed by our souls. I deeply believe that these things were put in as safety guards by our souls who knew that our personalities were going to get trapped into the illusion of safety and security of, you know, making sure that we have enough money to pay the mortgage, to pay for our kids, to pay for this, to pay for that. And then we become slaves and we become entrapped by those things we create in our lives, by those structures. And the only way through sometimes the only way out is just by breaking a few eggs and deciding that what you're looking for, what life is really worth living for is that zone of genius that truly makes your heart sing, truly makes your soul sing. So our souls are much smarter than our personality, our ego gives us credit for. And these are little things that they set in place. And there are other cycles. I'm happy to talk to you guys about other cycles that happen at certain age points that our souls program us to learn certain lessons, to go through certain experiences that, you know, we always have a choice how we react to those opportunities. Even if we don't do anything, that's still a choice. That's still a decision. And our souls set those points so that we have the opportunity to break through to get to that next level. And at the time, it feels very scary, very uncomfortable, but that's the first step to getting to where you need to go. So let me know if this resonates with you. I'd love uh, if you're seeing this on social media, put a comment under. If you're hearing this on the podcast, uh, please email me at lisa at Athena Strategy Partners, A-T-H-E-N-A Strategy Partners, all one word, dot com. And I'd love to hear what this episode brings up for you and how you are acknowledging your call, your urge for change, for reinvention, and how are you honoring it? And how are you recognizing that if you don't honor it now, then something will happen to jolt you out of that place. So I'd love to hear your stories and I will see you on the next episode.